0: This is my father's word and to my listening ears, all skies Glad you came to church to be reminded of that today. <laughs> Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, always oh, my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I have. a statement of faith to say you are good you are good but he is good he is worthy his ways are above and beyond our ways but his ways and our God can be trusted today that's why it's important that we gather and we let the person next to us sometimes sing it for us he is good don't forget be reminded he is good Lord, we declare it. We believe it. Even when we don't see it, you are good. We trust it. We believe it. Hallelujah. We got to sing it loud. You ready?
1: again extend a welcome to each and every one of you my name is Marvin one of the pastors on staff here just a pleasure to say hello to you if you are new or visiting thank you for being with us thank you for choosing to spend a Saturday evening with us we just love that you are here Uh, we would love to get to know you and in your seat back in the uh, seat in front of you there's a connection card you can grab that connection card just fill that out Drop it in the offering bag. Someone on our staff this week will call you, say hello. You'll get an email from us telling you about really cool things happening around our church, and we just want to get to know you. Uh, you can also stop by the New People's Table. That's out in the lobby, and we have a free gift for you uh, today just as a way of saying thank you. And we want to welcome those of you joining us online as well. Thank you for being with us. We hope and pray that you're having a great time enjoying this service one really quick housekeeping note just want to remind us all call us to this right um if we can please as we enter into the space put our phones on silent or turn them off uh, make sure that they are not a distraction to the service that would be of great help thank you very much for doing that well a couple of things we want to highlight uh information is in your bulletin Uh, and of course on our website. But one is we're hosting a marriage seminar on March 11th, and it's entitled, Can You Hear Me? And I'm sure every spouse in the room has said that to their spouse at one point or another. Can you hear me? But we want to talk about communication tools and strategies that will help us grow in our marriage. And so that uh, information for how to register for that seminar is on our website. We encourage you to do that. We can register online for that. Again, that's on March 11th, happening here on our campus. And secondly, we want to highlight the Women's Conference, also happening in about a month. And so women... If you have not yet registered for the Women's Conference, let me invite you to join hundreds of other women here at Christian Assembly as they worship together, have a lot of fun, and be encouraged by God's word. So women, would you make plans to join the Women's Conference? Again, that's happening next month. You can get all the information and register by going on our website and finding some information online as well. And That's also going to be happening here on our campus also. Well, uh, in a moment, we're going to call the ushers forward as we continue in our time of worship by giving of the, the Lord of our tithes and offerings. But before we do that, I just want to read scripture over us. In 1 Corinthians one nine. it says the following. It says, God is faithful and who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that's why we worship him through uh, this portion about giving of our tithes and offerings is because he is faithful to us. us. And so if you're new or visiting today, uh, feel no obligation to participate in this part of the service. We just want you to feel like our guest, but to our CA friends and family, just say thank you for your ongoing generosity. We're going to pray in a moment, and then I'll call our ushers forward. So would you join me in prayer? So, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to sing by raising our voices, Lord. And now we get to worship you in a real and practical way by giving of our tithes and offerings. We just pray that you would bless those that are able to give and bless those that are not able to give. And bless our visitors as well, Lord. Thank you for being faithful to us. Thank you for being a good and generous God. And we just pray that you would bless the remainder of our service in Jesus' name.
2: Ushers, you may come. Well, to... uh To any visitors, my name is Matt, by the way, and I'm so glad to have this time with you. To any of my church family as well as those joining us online, thanks for spending this time with me. Glad to be part of a church that, that knows that we are not yet what we will be, but we keep learning and we keep discovering the depth and the breadth of God's grace and truth. God isn't finished with any of you, do you know that? He's not finished with me either. Well, you might have seen a story in the news this past week about something uh, happening at a little college called Asbury University in Kentucky. Asbury's been around for a long time, more than 130 years. And like many historically Christian colleges, uh, they have a Wednesday morning chapel service, just an hour long. The students go into a auditorium for just 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. On February 8th, an ordinary Wednesday chapel service was held, but something completely unplanned, and extraordinary began to happen. Just at the time when the service was supposed to be over at 11 a.m., students, some just stayed where they were, and they just began to continue to do what they were doing. Some were singing, some were praying, and that service that started at 10 a.m., on February 8th, hasn't finished yet. (laughs) Almost two weeks, and those students are still there praying and worshiping nonstop, 24 hours a day, just around the clock. And crowds, as you can imagine, over the last few weeks, people as they have heard about this, have been curious and they've started coming, and the crowds have been gathering thousands of people, mostly young adult, college age, 20 somethings, flooding into this little college town. I've actually been in that auditorium and in that town before Lindsay and I were there, uh, visiting that school almost, well, a little over 20 years ago. and And I can tell you, there's nothing in that town. (laughs) But the crowds just keep coming. People from all over the country, other parts of the world, have come to Asbury in Wilmore, Kentucky, to experience what's happening in a little chapel. I heard a reporter interviewing a student and, and the reporter asked this, this young woman, Why? Why? What's happening there? Why are people coming from all over the place to be part of it? And the college student answered the only way she knew how. She said, it's the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And people are being drawn in for no other reason, she said, but to encounter Jesus. And then she said, believe me, there's no other reason for people to come to Wilmore, Kentucky. <laughs> there are stories online and in the news, you maybe have come across them, and you can find a lot of people calling this a revival. And what they mean by that, what, what that means is it's a renewed desire for God. It's a renewed curiosity about the hope of the gospel. It's a renewed passion to believe and follow Jesus. And it's primarily captivating the hearts of young, college-age people. One of the members of Asbury's faculty was interviewed, and I read this remark. It has stuck with me, and I have made it, in fact, a prayer of mine. She said, what if what if the defining moment of this generation isn't the pandemic of 2020, but the revival of 2023? Isn't that a, that's a prayer to pray. In a generation when people are searching for answers about what to live for, what to fight for, what, what, what's worth, what's worth getting up for in the morning? when people are searching for what to do with themselves and even who they are, hope is once again being found in Jesus. Truth is being found in God's Word. Power is being found again in the presence of God's Spirit. Well, of course, that's not only true in one place. It's true in all places at all times. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is a gift for all who believe and ask to receive Him. Last week, Tom spoke about that in the Real ID series that we've been going through. He said when we receive Jesus by faith, we're transformed from the inside out. We're made new to be the temple of the Holy Spirit the Spirit of God present in you. And if you're unconvinced of the message of the Bible, then I invite you to consider what the God of the Bible says about who you can be. And if you are convinced that God's Word is true, then you need to know who God says you are. And so this week we continue in this series and I want you to know one other thing that God says about you. He says you are gifted. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit with abilities to participate in the ongoing work of Jesus. He's not done in this world. And so you are gifted with His Spirit by His Spirit, with abilities to participate in His ongoing work, in a world that still needs Him, in a generation who still seeks to encounter Him. God says, there is power in you. This is who God says you are. You are gifted. That's what we're going to look into in God's Word with our time together. Look at God's Word in 1 Corinthians, if you would. In your bulletins, they'll be on your screen. There's a spa- some space if you want to make some notes as well. And let's see what it means for you and I to be gifted. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes, these words that we're going to read. And he writes them to some people who, who to, to, to remind them, to tell them who they are. And what he says about them that we're going to read, you need to know is true for every follower of Jesus throughout all generations. And so here, here's what Paul says. He says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts. Talking about gifted the gracious gifts he's given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus through him God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all your knowledge this confirms that what I told you about Christ Jesus is true now you need to understand a little bit about these people Paul writes this letter to this group of believers in this Greek city called Corinth now the people of Corinth had a reputation they had a reputation for being wealthy elite intellectuals smart smarty smarty pants really to be Corinthian was kind of like being in the gifted and talented program. You remember those kids in school who were gifted? We called it the honors track when I was in school, and you could even belong to the National Honor Society. Any gifted and talented students in here? Any? Any National Honor Society students? I didn't see a lot of hands. That's what's wrong with us around here. (laughs) Well, actually, you're in good company. That wasn't me either. I I missed the bus for the gifted program. But but the Corinthians had many abilities. They were well-educated. But the gifts Paul is talking about are something different than that. He's not talking about their natural abilities look at verse 7 Paul says now you have every spiritual gift spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ he will keep you strong Paul's going to be talking here about what God does for us that we cannot do for ourselves he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this. For He is faithful to do what He says. And here's our part. Now, this is what we're in. He has invited you, me, into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ good partnership verse for those of you who are just finishing up the partnership class that's been going on. And it's about more than just partnering together with Christian Assembly or as a local church. It's partnership with Jesus Christ. So Paul says, God has put a gift in you that is intended for others in this world to receive through you. There's a gift in you. If you've joined your life with Jesus, God says you're gifted. So I want to tell you three things you need to know about being gifted with spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. Here's the first thing. God's Word makes it very, very clear that every follower of Jesus receives at least one gift of the Holy Spirit every follower of Jesus receives at least one gift of the Holy Spirit when God says who you are we're talking about that in this series week after week when God says who we are God is not picky about who we were before we trusted in Jesus And you should know that God is also not picky about who He empowers with gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's because it's His power at work in and through us. We're called into partnership with Jesus and He has made certain that none of us show up empty-handed. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit precisely because of what you cannot do on your own. So, so I tell you that because I think sometimes when we talk about stuff like this, spiritual gifts and power from the Spirit within us, we can back up and we can disqualify ourselves. Don't disqualify yourself from being who God says you are. We're talking about gifts not something you earn, but something you're given. Everyone, you, me, every follower of Jesus has received at least one gift to offer so that we can participate with God in the work He's still doing. None of our best, smartest, our, or, or, or our well-funded efforts will ever compare with the power of the Holy Spirit enabling you to serve with God God has empowered you with something to give there's a gift in you look at what Paul says further into this letter to the Corinthians he introduces this idea of the gifts he picks it up again in chapter 12 of that book in the New Testament he says now about the gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters I don't want you to be uninformed other translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Paul says, there's something you need to know. In fact, Paul's concerned. I, I'm not sure you know this. You might, even, you might not even know you don't know this, but there's something you need to know. You, you well-educated, knowledgeable intellectual corinthians don't be ignorant about something you need to know this now when i first joined the pastoral team of christian assembly about uh, 18 years ago i was fresh right out of graduate school three years of seminary and once once i really got started in full-time work as a pastor. Uh, here with Christian Assembly, I very, very quickly discovered that my seminary education left a lot out. (laughs) There was a lot that I didn't know that I didn't even know I didn't know. You you would not believe, in in fact, how, how much time an emphasis was given when I was in seminary during those years to researching 20th century post-war German eschatology. I would have thought I would spend way more time discussing that than anyone has ever wanted me to. I... I learned how to estimate the timeline of Paul's missionary journeys. I learned, I learned how to estimate the, the dates of the letters that he wrote. But once I began to work with a local church, I found out the dates of Paul's letters, that's not the kind of dating people really have issues with. <laughs> I learned a lot in school, and I'm very grateful for my education. But there was a lot I needed to know that I didn't even know I didn't know. And Paul tells us in this letter to the Corinthians, don't be uninformed. There's something you need to know. And it's it's not something that you're going to find in a college course. It's not something that you educate yourself into. You need to know who God says you are and God says you, every one of you who have accepted Jesus are gifted with abilities from the Holy Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. I believe this verse is actually one of the most important verses in 1 Corinthians, maybe even in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To each one, for the common good. We're participants in God's work among us in this world. And for the common good, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Now what is the manifestation of the Spirit? Well, the word manifestation is rooted in the idea of an appearance of light. A manifestation is a a bright exposure of power, something is lit up like the flash from a camera. And Paul says to each one, the manifestation, the showing up, the lighting up, the shining out of the Spirit is given. I didn't know, in fact, that we were planning to sing this little light of mine this weekend, but that is absolutely perfect for this. I think, I think about our prayer teams, I think about our life groups, and I think about just any time that we gather together, when we are with one another, when we are together as believers, we can expect that a bright exposure of the Spirit's power is going to shine out from one another. Paul says this happens so that we can serve and benefit one another. Spiritual gifts are not special abilities that prove how spiritual you are. The gifts are bright exposures of the Spirit's power at work through my faith and and through your faith as we encourage and build up and strengthen one another as we participate in what Jesus is still doing in a world that still needs Him. God says you are gifted for that. The first thing you need to know about spiritual gifts is that every follower of Jesus receives at least one gift. There's a gift in you. Now here's the second thing you need to know. You need to know that while every believer has at least one gift to offer, all the Spirit's gifts are available to us and can be put into action together they're put into action together i love this uh, this concept because because it's not all on you or on me or on marvin this this church this local church is not built on a personality or one individual, and God, you better put all those gifts in that person. No. Look at verse 8. Paul tells us about these spiritual gifts, what they look like. What What are these bright exposures of this power of the Spirit that show up in you and me? He says, well, it's like this. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. There's... There are some messages of wisdom. There are some people in this room who've been given a gift to share some wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith. Somebody else, the gift of healing by by the same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, still to another interpretation of tongues. All these, Paul says, all these are are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. These are all spiritual abilities given by the Holy Spirit to be put into action together. The Bible does not say that every one of us should receive every gift of the Spirit. The goal is not to collect them all. The goal is to believe that the Spirit wants to empower you and me and others with abilities that you don't have and to offer those abilities together for the common good. Now on the other hand, the Bible also does not say that any gift is unavailable to you. In fact, Paul goes on in the same letter to the Corinthians to say, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Well, God, God puts a gift in all of us, but we're not limited to how He does that and what gifts He gives. We, we can ask for gifts to be put into action through us and through others. Lord, we need wisdom. Lord, we need knowledge. We need faith. Lord, we need Your help to do what we cannot do in our own abilities, and we can pray for the gifts, and then we can look for them to be given through one another as we seek to participate in the love of God for one another and for the world, we can ask to be empowered with any of the gifts of the Spirit. And we can ask not just for ourselves, but for others. So that together, as a church, we become a strong and effective people for God's purposes in the world. God says you are gifted so that we can put our gifts into action together for the common good. And here's the third thing I want you to know about spiritual gifts. And and this is the final thing as well. Third, I want you to know that spiritual gifts are put into action by faith. By faith being empowered with a gift of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I talk with people who have this misconception that being empowered with a gift of the Holy Spirit means you suddenly become like a zombie in a trance or lose control of yourself and you can't stop yourself from doing something crazy. Having a gift of the Spirit is not like having to go to the bathroom and you just can't hold it or something. It's not like that. You can hold it. Some of you have been holding it because you didn't even know you had it, but, but it's a gift that is given to you, an ability that is given by the Holy Spirit, and then you put the abilities into action by faith the Holy Spirit is not a remote control to make you or I do something we don't choose to do the Spirit gives the ability and having received the ability we can put them into action by faith you with me there was a bunch of misfits who followed Jesus and believed in him They were ordinary people with some natural abilities, but no ability to carry out the assignment Jesus gave them. Go into all the world, he told them. Teach, baptize, make the presence and power of God known in all the world. And most of these guys, these misfits, these people, They'd never been outside of a short distance from their hometowns. And so when Jesus gave them the assignment, He told this little band of misfit followers, don't, listen, don't even try this on your own in your natural abilities. Don't don't even try to do anything until you have received power from the Spirit of God. So these misfit believers, they waited. They didn't know what else to do but wait. And they didn't even really know what to expect. What was going to happen until the day of Pentecost. And Luke tells us in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers, this misfit band was together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. I have no idea what that means. Like what that looks like. Every once in a while, one of the writers of Scripture will try to describe what they saw. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, tell me more. But, but tongues of fire. A wild scene. Settled on each of them. And then lit this. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them. This ability, you see? The Spirit of God empowered these misfits and they had a gift to give. They had an ability that wasn't a natural ability, but they had to decide, what am I going to do with this? And by faith, they spoke. In a bright exposure of power, these very ordinary followers of Jesus were given the ability to do something beyond their own strength or talent, and they put those gifts into action by faith. Now, I'm aware that some say that doesn't happen anymore. God doesn't empower people to do that anymore. He doesn't give these gifts anymore. And if you are convinced of that, then I want to say, as long as the message of Jesus is good news, as long as this broken world awaits God's judgment, as long as the grace of God still abounds for sinners, And as long as the Spirit of God still dwells in the hearts of all who believe, there is no reason in heaven or on earth to think God has stopped empowering His people with gifts of the Spirit. If an earlier generation needed the gifts of the Holy Spirit, then God knows our generation needs the gifts of the Spirit. Our generation still needs people like you and me who believe the Holy Spirit gives gifts of power. The question is, do you believe it? Because I think a lot of us can probably believe it's true for some special people, but not for me people who haven't done the things i've done people who haven't made the different who have made different choices than i have people who god just likes more than he likes me don't disqualify yourself from this don't disqualify yourself from who god says you are what jesus did on the cross he did for all of us the promises our Heavenly Father made, He made for all of us. What those, those believers in the book of Acts, what they received, it is still available for us. What Paul addressed in the letter to the Corinthians to say, there are gifts in you. That is still true of us today. The power of the Holy Spirit doesn't have an expiration date. If the Spirit dwells in you, you're gifted. You're empowered to participate with Jesus in the greatest cause of all time. And if you are looking for something to live for, it's Jesus. There is no greater hope for this world. And He empowers you to participate in it with Him. You're empowered to participate with Jesus. Believe and ask God to help you to put your gifts into action by faith because you're gifted. That's who God says you are. Alex, would you join me up here? should have called you up a little while ago but we're going to (laughs) pray. Would you pray with me? Lord, Your Word is true. You are good, and You're with us. You haven't left us. You never will. Those words Marvin spoke earlier, Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is found in Jesus Christ. And so I ask God that every one of us in this place would receive Your love fresh tonight in this space. Maybe we be loved. May we receive and experience that love until it overflows in our attitude, it overflows in our thoughts, it overflows in our emotions, it overflows in all that we do. And our lives become a bright exposure of the power of the Holy Spirit to build one another up, to serve one another, to call one another to truth, to declare that there is still power in the name of Jesus. God, we ask for Your gifts. I ask, Lord, that You gift people in this church with wisdom and knowledge and faith and healing and miracles and all that You want to do with us and through us, Lord. We offer ourselves to You to participate in Your work. And God, I pray for any, anyone who is hearing my voice who would say, I need for the first time the Holy Spirit to enter into my life. I need to begin what we're talking about. About life with God. And if that's you, you can begin. You can begin again. You can invite the Spirit of God into your life and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life to lead you from this day forward to be your Savior who forgives you, who cancels the record of sins in your past, present, future, sets you apart with nothing held against you, free in new life with Almighty God. You can receive that right now. You can simply say, yes, I believe. I believe in you. I believe that's what you've done for me. Come in and make me new. Thank you, Lord, for your love. We give you praise. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.